Hello and welcome to Growing Pains, the marketing podcast for parent and baby brands who want to grow and get more consistent sales, but without the overwhelm of feeling like you have to be online 24-7. I'm Sophie, your host and a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist who specializes in parent and baby brands, as well as a mum of two girls. Join me each week as I, alongside some wonderful guests, share practical tips and advice about how you can use and combine marketing strategies to get more impact for your effort. Hello and welcome. Today I am thrilled to be here with Angela from AB Web Designs. Angela's a web designer and a developer who specializes in WordPress websites. Not only does she design new websites for new businesses, she also helps those who already have a website that need development work. Prior to retraining as a professional web designer five years ago, she worked as a commercial buyer for leading high street retailers, meaning she's passionate about customer service and maximizing websites to make as much money as they can, which is exactly the reason why I invited her here to speak to us today because I think so many of us have websites they're not doing exactly what we want them to do and we need someone who's kind of got a bit of an eye for that making making money and getting those customers through so Angela welcome to the podcast hello Sophie I'm uh, delighted to be here Thank you so much for coming on. So I've done the official intro, but let's talk a little bit about more about you before we um, get into all the nitty gritty. So what's your like work, family, life setup? So I am a busy mum, just like I think most of your listeners. Absolutely. And, and I uh, do my work around my family um, and between school drop-offs and school pickups. So we live in Kent. I have one son and we have a, a cat as well. Lovely. And how old's your son? He's uh, nearly 11. So he feels very grown up, but not quite. Yet. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> You're in that like middle stage where it's like not yeah. quite like the baby ages, but like not quite the like fully fledged teenager yet. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't want to uh, hold my hand anymore. No. He still likes a cuddle now and then. <laughs> Oh, bless. Brilliant. Well, so that we can really get to know the your views on the important stuff, I've got a bit of a quick fire round as Ooh, well. Okay. I know everyone's really scared about this, but it's honestly fine. Okay, so a tea or coffee? Oh, tea, definitely. Oh, me too. Ooh. I'm a big, big tea fan here. Oh, well, I might know the answer to this already, but dogs or cats? Oh, cats, definitely. Bagels or crumpets? Oh, I think I'd have to go for a crumpet. You can't beat a nice crumpet. I know, we love a crumpet. I actually think that's this would be my hardest question to answer because I love them both. <laughs> um, beach or pool? Beach. Oh, nice. Yeah, see, I have an issue with sand. So, uh... Oh, I love people too, don't yeah. they? Um, yeah. I, I love it. I love the waves. I love the smell. I love the sound. Yeah. yeah, oh, I do love I do love the sound. I'm actually going um, away this weekend down to Lyme Regis. And oh, oh I can't nice. wait just to be by the sea. Like, that's that noise of the sea. It's, oh, yeah. it's so soothing, isn't it? Yes. Winter or summer? Summer. I hate being cold. Oh, well, yeah, the snow today is probably not ideal for you. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> Uh, color or monochrome? Oh, um, I, I guess I would have to go for color on that one. Yet you know, no one's actually chosen monochrome yet. So yeah, I'm still waiting. Early morning or late night? I think having a child, whatever yeah. anybody was before, will make them an early morning person. <laughs> I agree. Even now, like a lion. Where, like it was like oh my gosh I had a line I didn't have to get up until eight o'clock like my former self would be horrified yes. that, that was a lion <laughs> brilliant well thank you so much so 
Today, we're going to be talking all about websites and um, conversion rates and how we really increase the amount of conversions you get on your website. We're going to be talking about service-based business and e-com. So we've got something for everyone. And yeah, so I guess we should really kick off with like conversion rate optimization, CRO. It's one of those things that's kind of banded around a little bit. It's a little bit jargony. It might be helpful, Angela, if you just give us a bit of an overview about what, so we all have kind of a common understanding about what we're talking about today. So conversion rate optimization is just, in simple terms, making your website better and making it perform the very, very best that it can. It's making sure that all the visitors that are coming to your web doing exactly what you want them to do. Optimization is a, is a word that's used a lot with websites. I mean, we could talk about SEO optimization. That's a whole different subject, but it's basically making your website better and faster. Brilliant. Okay. And in terms of choosing a website, so I think most of my um, audience will already have a website. So they've probably already chosen which platform they've kind of gone for. Is there one that's better than another for, for conversion rate optimization or are they do they kind of all differ? They do differ, um, but there are some that are better than others. So there's there's three main websites really different platforms you've got wordpress if you which can cover everything that can cover e-commerce and that can cover service base you've then got shopify which covers e-commerce only both of those are really really good and really great at conversions if you uh, had a very high um uh, if you had a website with a, an e-commerce website with a lot of traffic, then you'd be looking at something like Magneto, which is which is an amazing platform, but very expensive. The platforms that don't tend to do very well are platforms such as because they, they're just not optimized. They, 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 they always a bit clunky and they never quite work the way that they should. And they're not as good as seo as um wordpress and shopify squarespace is okay but it can be very minimalistic looking and and therefore it can be quite difficult sometimes to convert on squarespace i have seen some very good squarespace sites but they tend to be built by professional designers yeah and i guess that's really a key thing isn't it you know there are experts in this area so today we're kind of talking to the people who have either done it themselves and and that's you know when you're starting out and you've got to kind of do a bit of everything and Shopify do provide I know some really good templates and so does WordPress mm. I know they've got some great plugins as well or even Squarespace I mean my website is Squarespace and it is incredibly easy to get started but you know you're not an expert and it can be hard to know what to do for the best almost and you just end up kind of going on a design like what looks nice or maybe you've had it set up by someone who again is more of an aesthetic designer I guess rather than a conversion specialist because really when you're in a business like we are you know every single customer counts don't they and you really need to be making sure your website's working so hard for you so yeah that's kind of who we're talking to today if you've had your website done by a conversion rate optimized like specialist these will probably all kind of sound very familiar and not be as relevant but still worth listening though and double checking which I think brings us on to our first tip we've got seven tips for you today and that should bring us on nicely to your first tip Angela yes it does thanks um check it check your mobile um go through it so many people build their website and then ignore it so you need to go through it as if you're a customer. Click on your navigation links, click on all your buttons, click on all your links, make sure that everything's connecting correctly. 
read every single word. Amazing the amount of, you, that you might spot a typo uh, a few months later. Check it on a mobile. Get your mobile phone out and look at it. Because if you've built your website yourself, you've probably built it on your web, on your on your laptop and not on your mobile phone. It's pretty difficult to build a website on a mobile phone. To be fair, but a lot of DIY websites I see have, don't look great on a mobile, and it's because the um, the user hasn't thought they haven't thought to get their mobile phone out and just check it. If you're an e-commerce business, it's, it's check through the whole buyer journey, go through check the cart and the checkout experience as well, and, and see what your customers are really seeing. Also, get don't just check it yourself. Get your partner or get your family to check it out too. Yeah, I was going to say that actually, sometimes you can come a little bit blind to it, can't you? Where you've just like read something so many times, you just see what you think is there rather than what's really there. I know that's an issue for me. A a good tip that somebody told me once is when you're reading through your text, is to read it backwards. So you actually concentrate on the word rather than on the um, sentence. So because your eyes, like you say, they can trick you and you can see you think you're reading something that's not actually there. Yeah, oh, that's a great tip. Okay, brilliant. So we've checked our website, we've gone on, we've gone through it all, we've checked everything. What are we doing next? Um, so, well, then hopefully you can identify whether there's some things that you weren't aware of. You know, your your headings might be too big on a mobile phone and just look awful. You're, you might have text falling off the sides. And then you can go and correct that. Number, tip number two, dust off your Google Analytics. Oh, uh, <laughs> Now, Google Analytics scares a lot of people, but there are heaps and heaps of tutorials and help online to to help you through it. But, you know, it can look really confusing, but there are only a couple of really key metrics that you should be looking at on Google Analytics. Um, You want to be looking at all your pages and see if there's a high bounce rate or an exit rate. Now, just to clarify what the difference is on that. So an exit rate is if somebody's been browsing through your website on different pages and then they leave your website and that is an exit rate on that page. Let's say they're on your about page and they leave, that's an exit rate on that one. They've got to leave your website at some point. A bounce rate is somebody that's come onto that page and left it without going anywhere else on your website and and the bounce rate in particular is one that you really really want to look at um so if you can see really high bounce rates on certain pages it just means that people are leaving your site way too quickly so you need to think about ways that you can keep them on your site longer so uh, an example of this are blog posts blog posts are really great at driving traffic to your website but they tend to suffer from high bounce rates because people will look at them and then leave straight away So try and add on some more buttons or some links to other blog posts that you've got on your website or even sales pages, et cetera, to just try to keep them on your website a bit longer. At the very least, you should have a newsletter sign up. So at least you're getting people's details through that. There's lots, I mean, there's there's a massive amount of metrics you can look at on Google Analytics, but those are the ones for website conversion that you should be looking at the most. You can also look at um, um, how people have visited, what devices people are looking at so you can see if you've got a particularly high bounce rate on mobile versus Mm. versus laptop for example and then that would really indicate that you've got a problem on a mobile 
e-commerce yeah. businesses should be looking at um, a lot more things on Google Analytics. They should be really using Google Analytics. They should be looking at how long ever, uh, how long the users are spending on their website and really delving into basket conversions as well to see where people are leaking out of the, of the conversion process. Yeah, that's actually one of the biggest things I see with Facebook ads. We often, a website won't have had a huge amount of organic traffic necessarily. So we'll start running like Facebook ads to the website and we see this kind of add to basket effect where everyone gets stuck there and you kind of, mm. you're not getting the conversions, but you're getting this like pile up of add to kind of add to carts. And it can really highlight, I know we're going to go through this a bit more later, but it can really highlight that there's a bit of an issue there, can't it? If people keep Yes, definitely. Stuck. Definitely. Brilliant. Okay, so that's tip number one and two. What is number three? Tip number three is about making your website faster. So users won't stay on your website if it's slow. So you need to make your website as fast as possible. So my biggest tip here is to run your website pages through a a check-in piece of software. And you can either use GT Metrics or Pingdom. Both of these are free. Only for a certain amount of pages per day, but they are they are still free. And they will give you a traffic light system and highlight if there are any issues. And it gives you a good place to start looking. So some of it, some of their suggestions may go over your users' heads. Some of them are more for developers, but it will highlight some changes that, that your users can make themselves. Which leads me straight on to tip number four because one thing that it will highlight and one of the biggest things I see on websites where people have done them themselves are images it's like stop loading enormous images they just take forever to load and if you think that over 50% of users accessing websites are mobile users and maybe they're on 4G maybe they're even on 3G in some parts of rural Kent here are certainly on 3G still and you think how long that takes to download. People just get bored and leave. Um, so, in fact, e-commerce businesses will be even more than uh, 50% will be mobile users. So, you know, if you think about the, the widest desktop, so the widest desktop tends to be about 19, 20 pixels wide. And even a an HD desktop, which be which would be about 2,500 pixels wide. So if you've got a full-blown header image, it doesn't need to be more than 1920 pixels wide. And if you've got a smaller image, it doesn't need to be really more than 600 to 800 pixels wide. You know, the majority of people are looking at it on a mobile. They don't want to be loading an image that's two and a half thousand pixels wide, really. So don't upload them any bigger than that. And if you can, you want to compress your images and make them smaller. And and you can use some tools, online tools. And ideally, you want to do it before you upload them to the website. So you can use some tools such as TinyPNG. It's a website. You can upload them all there. And it will strip out all the data that hides behind um, photos. And it will compress them for the website. And, and you can't tell the difference. The naked eye cannot tell the difference between a compressed image and, and an original image. And also, don't upload PNGs, upload JPEGs, because JPEGs take up less space than PNGs. You should really only be doing using PNGs if they've got a transparent background, such as your logo. 
Ah, okay. That's a really good tip. So when you're, if you're doing anything on Canva, I guess, and then downloading it, because you always have yeah. an option, don't you, to choose what you download yes. as. I never know which one's best. So JPEG would be better. In JPEG's that better. Yes, yes. They're, they're smaller files. Okay. So they're better for websites. Um, so you can also, I mean, if you've got access to Photoshop, brilliant use photoshop to uh, compress your images but as i said you can use tiny png online at the very least you should have a plugin so i can um so wordpress has some great image optimization plugins such as short pixel or smush and they will sit there and they will compress every single image for you Oh, fantastic. What I should say as well is all of these websites and links that Angela's giving out, we'll pop them in the show notes so that you can just um, click on them and go over to them. So we'll make sure there's a list of them for you. In terms of when you're saying about like the pixel sizes, I'm trying to think for like for me doing it, I guess the normal way that I would look at how big an image is would be in my files and it would normally have like kilobytes or megabytes. How does that kind of relate well, 19, so 1920 pixels wide. So if you look in your file, it will tell you the size of the image underneath it as well. It'll tell you how many pixels it is. I mean, Canva's actually great for bringing, because you can set up custom dimensions in there. So you can set up a custom dimension for your header and then um, import the photo into that and then it will be in the right dimensions. Okay, so it's the dimensions that are more important than the size of the file, like the megabytes. Well, it's, well the, the size of the, the megabytes is very important. You shouldn't be loading anything that's more than half a megabyte. And for smaller images, they should certainly be a lot less than that. So a header image should be less than uh, half a megabyte. But if you get them into Canva, that will at least do part of the job for you. Oh, brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Oh, that's really helpful. I mean, it's all these, te- like, it does sound quite technical, doesn't it? And I guess that's where either you need to sit down and really get your head around this. Like what we're kind of saying is this stuff is important. And actually for it's as much as it's as important, you know, there's no point doing all your marketing and getting someone to your website and then them not converting because your website is not to scratch. So either, either you need to get your head around this sort of stuff and kind of work out how you can kind of make it work or you need to kind of work with someone like you, I guess, who can support you in kind of pointing out what needs to be done and either doing it for you or kind of giving you like a really clear guidance on like these are the steps you need to take is that kind of how you work with businesses yes definitely yeah Yeah. definitely yeah brilliant okay fabulous so we've done four so check your website uh, make sure that it all reads well and looks okay on mobile go onto your Google Analytics, have a real route around, have a look at your bounce rates, your exit rates, dwell times on your page, like your average baskets, that sort of thing. Check your speed. That's, I mean, that's a super simple one people can do, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like just go onto those free websites, check your speed. And am I right in thinking as well, like the speed ish is like an SEO piece as well in terms of ranking your website. Google Yes, definitely. That's exactly right. Google does not like a slow website and and will uh, mark you down. You'll find yourself slipping down the rankings if you've got a slow website. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like some big incentives there, like users and Google don't like it. So you just really need to kind of sort that out. And one of the big things we find is images are the ones that can make it slow. Okay. So we've got three more tips left. Let's go for a bit of a service specific tip. Yes, one for service-based businesses. Think about your page layout. So 
think about don't have a confusing page layout a lot of um people that have built their own web service-based businesses, they have too much text on them. What you find is that users don't actually read your text. Sorry to tell you tell you this, but they look at the images first. They'll look at the images and they'll skim read it. And a lot of people, a lot of service-based businesses will have a really long sales page or a landing page. And they'll just, they'll, they'll skim read it, look at the images, think, this is for me, this is not for me. If it's for them, they might then take more time to read it. Um, but that, uh, but that a big mistake that I see that a lot of people make is they'll say, oh, you can find out more about this here with a button. Oh, mm-hmm. you can find out more about this here with another button, uh, with a different, you know, with different buttons going to different places. So every page should have a purpose and you should have one call to action on that page. Um, now you can have more, you can have that call to action more than once so you might want for example book a call so you can have book a call featured in a number of places but you're not asking somebody to book a call email or go off and see something else or go off and read your about page or have a look at a blog page your this page has one purpose and that is to book a call brilliant yeah and I think it's it's so easy isn't it to think like oh I just want to like cover all my bases and make sure that like you know well some people might want to book a call and some people might want to read a blog first and but actually I mean we were talking about this before we started recording that it's really about taking a step back isn't it and thinking about that user journey and how you want people to kind of navigate through your website and how like the steps you want them to take from kind of landing where they land to taking the action you want them to take Yep, that's exactly right. So you need to think about what you want your users to do and what your users going to be happy to do. And there's no, there's no, there's no reason to send people off in different directions when you really what you want them to do is book a call with you. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing we were talking about as well is the home page and how that's yes. like it's a slightly different rule of thumb because obviously it's more of like a directory, isn't it? You had a really good that's analogy right. for that. Yes. So your home page is is a signpost to the rest of your site. So think of about it if you go into a department store and you see, you know, you've got ladies fashion on the first floor and you've got men's fashion on uh, normally in the lower ground uh, floor uh, in the basement. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the tiny corner yeah um, <laughs> and, and homeware somewhere else and it, your homepage should be like that it should be short sections that will direct people to where you want them to go and where you think that they're going to want to go to as well and one of the key things is to not repeat yourself so something that I see a lot is people have a massive paragraph on their homepage about themselves all about me all wonderful and I do this with a link to their about page, that's fine. You should link to your about page, but then you go into their about page and the text is exactly the same as we've just seen on the home page. And the use automatically switches off because they're bored. They, they think, oh, I've read this. It's just repeating themselves. So they'll switch off. So it's, you know, you should just have a, a small intro on your home page with, with a more in-depth information on your about page. Fab, brilliant. And then one question that comes up quite a lot is, especially because a lot of um, my listeners will be on Instagram and that'll be their like main kind of social media. Should you have Instagram, you know, your Instagram feed or links through to your Instagram on your homepage or on your website even? Yeah. So it depends on the prime goal of your users. So if they really, really want to grow their Instagram businesses, I would say yes. But in general, you really want to keep people on your website. You don't want to be sending them off to other platforms because what, what are they going to do on Instagram? They're going to follow you and then 
switch their phone off. Yeah. That's it. You want them to stay on your website and you want them to be buying from you. And that's the same if you're service-based or an e-commerce based. So, you know, the, the Instagram feeds can look really nice, but it's it's generally advised against them. They also slow down your website as well because your website's having to go away and fetch the information back from Instagram of of these of your latest feed and also that's adding more images on and the Instagram images don't tend to be very well compressed either. So it can it can slow down your website as well. So my general feeling is no. My general advice, sorry, is no, but there are situations where you sh- where if you really, really want to grow your Instagram following, then yes, you should. Brilliant. I think that's really helpful for people because sometimes you just do things you've no idea the impact, do you? It's just a case of like, oh, well, it'll look good and it'll get me more followers. But actually, you're right. You've got to really think about like why people are on your website and what you want them to do. Yes, definitely. Okay, so tip number six. Colours. Let's talk about colour. And (laughs) this is this is primarily on people that have done their own website and something that I see a lot is they is that they get carried away with colors they get really excited they're in their creative mindset and they just want to put as much color on as possible and um, sometimes uh, they might have had a, a branding done from a designer they feel that they've got to use every single color that their branding designers given them and and it's it's less is more on a website use use less colors generally and then another thing that i see a lot is, I, is i'll see a website and i'll go to the instagram account and they you, you can't even tell that they're the same company so it's make sure your colors on your website are on brand and that they're suitable for your target market so they don't use soft pinks if you're if you're primarily marketing a dance there's um another color tip i've got is be careful about using red and green so not a lot of people realize that eight percent of men are colorblind in this country oh no i didn't realize that either. yeah it's it's, it's a massive proportion and so uh, i see quite a lot of people using red and green together you know you might have a red call to action on the green background mm, colorblind men can't pick that up That's so interesting yeah, so be really careful with using red and green together on your website. And um, you should have one button for your call to action as well. Uh, so one button, so one colour for your call to action. And this should be different from all the other colours. So say your website colour scheme is predominantly blue. Try not to use a blue as a call to action. Try to use something that jars a little bit so people will notice it and think, oh my god you know i've got to click on this button and say something like an orange for example an orange button and do not use that color anywhere else because it just confuses the user that's such a good tip i definitely haven't thought that through on my website so i'm going to go away and have a look at that myself (laughs) Um, no that's really helpful okay Um, sorry i've got one more final tip amazing go for it this, this color color tips there's lots on here um just be careful about using dark text on a dark background or even worse light text uh, it's white text on a light background i see a lot of people use that they'll have like a pale beige background or a pale turquoise mm-hmm. background and it has white text on it it's so difficult to read yeah absolutely that's and I think sometimes as well you can a bit like this whole laptop thing you know when it's on a laptop and you've got really like HD monitor and it's fine and then you check it on your mobile and you're like oh yeah no like can't read that at all so definitely to go back <laughs> to that checking piece again isn't it it definitely 
Fantastic. Right. And our last tip for today is specifically for our e-com listeners. And this is all about the checkout process and how we can get more of those people actually checking out and purchasing. Yes. So e-commerce businesses by nature have a very high dropout rate at cart and, and checkout. So you need to be doing the most you can to try and stop those. One of the biggest issues that for dropout, one of the biggest things that causes dropout at cart level is delivery charges you need to be really transparent about your delivery charges before any you even get to cart level if you can do free delivery amazing fantastic if you can't just be really transparent have it on every single product page what your delivery charge actually is and also what your delivery lead times are so you know, ideally you want to say that it's three to five business working days if that's what it is and delivery charges are four pound 95 for that that's, a, yeah. that's an example because people will get all the way through their checkout and then realize they've got to pay five pound delivery charge which they weren't banking on and they will they will drop out of the process and you'll have, you'll have lost the customer as well. They'll never come back. Yeah. So be absolutely. transparent on your uh, product pages about your delivery charges and delivery policies, uh, which also leads me on to have, make sure that your policies are really clear on ordering and returns and that they're accessible for people to see easily. They should be in your footer and easily marked up that so that people can see them think about all the frequently asked questions that you get that you get emailed and include those um so yes some people are reluctant to put their returns policy on there so they think it might put people off but if people are going to be put off anyway um so you may as well put the people off that you're going to be putting off <laughs> and Absolutely. the people and then it gives people who were a little bit questioning, it gives them that reassurance that they know what your returns policy is. Also on your product page and on your cart page, you should have upsells and that's to try and get your higher basket value. You want people to be buying more products. So think about those. Make sure they're appropriate as well. So as I deal with WordPress websites, I work with WooCommerce and WooCommerce is quite bad at the upsells they tend to be quite random unless you specifically tell them uh tell woocommerce what those upsells should be so you know it's a fabulous opportunity so make sure you're making the most of your upsells yeah. and then uh my final quick tip i mean e-commerce optimization i could talk for hours quite frankly so but i can imagine <laughs> yeah very quick one very quick overview yeah it's your checkout try and make it distraction free if possible by distraction free i mean get rid of your headers you don't you know they've gone through the cart stage they've got to your checkout you just want to get their money at that stage so get rid of your headers get rid of your navigation you don't want people to be start clicking on different things to because oh what's that shiny thing over there and get rid of your footer as well so only having your footer your basic ordering and returns and delivery information as well and you know, no newsletter pop-ups nothing like that on your checkout page you need to make it as simple as possible Fantastic. and then the other Okay. One final final tip on e-commerce for optimization is, and you'd be amazed at the amount of people that haven't enabled this, is if you think that the majority of your customers are coming to you on a mobile phone, just ensure that you can do mobile phone, um, you use Apple Pay and Google Pay, that you've got those enabled on your website. So then people, it's, it's so easy for people to check out. They don't even have to put their name and address in because Apple Pay and Google Pay take care of that for them. 
Yeah, it's such a good tip because especially for parents, I think if you're like, you know, making a purchase at 3am and you definitely do not want to be having to go downstairs to get your card or, you know, it's, I mean, I have dropped out of so many checkout processes because I have to go and get my card and I'm feeding a yes. baby or I'm, you know, in bed or whatever. And I'm like, oh no, that's it. I'm not doing it. So that's just it. So yeah, I think that's a really, really good tip. And I think overall as well, like the upsells piece is really important for Facebook ads because, you know, the more, the higher your average cart value or average order value, the more room you've got to spend money on ads and the more mm. you can kind of more space you've got to kind of get those ads working you know the lower the average cart value the harder it is to hit those margins because you've just got to get those ads cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to make sure yeah. you're actually getting yeah. you know a return on your investment so no that's really helpful and actually I think we'll probably just head straight into so after our guest gives us our lovely tips I always link it back to Facebook ads and really you know, the website is crucial. Like I can't impress it enough. And, you know, quite a lot of the time I have a form where people can speak to me, fill out before they speak to me. And I ask people about their website and often they, they don't know the stats and they don't know the numbers. And it's, and I always say to them, if you're not kind of on top of your website and on top of your stats, then you're not ready for ads yet because ads is all about stats and it's all about knowing like what your margins are, how much you can afford to spend on ads. You really need to be knowing this stuff. And if you cannot get your head around it and it's just not your zone of genius, like that's totally fine. We can't as business business owners be on top of everything all the time. But I would really encourage you to think about it as something you should get support with and something that should be happening within your business, even if it's not you doing it yourself. In terms of the actual ads, obviously, if you're paying for people to go to your website, you need to know that it's as optimized as possible. Actually, sometimes ads can be really helpful in highlighting where there's issues in your website. You might think it's absolutely fine. And then you kind of put some bit of a pressure test on it and send a, um, some traffic over and realize that there's an, ad, an issue with add to cart or there's an issue with some of your products that are just you know got a really high bounce rate so it can really be helpful as well Facebook ads to kind of highlight it's worth knowing that Facebook will scan your website to check the quality of it and check that the content and kind of overall feel is congruent to your ad so you can't uh, have an ad for something that isn't relevant to your website Facebook will check that because they're sneaky like that um, and something we haven't really touched on today but we will touch on in a separate episode is the you know the tech side of ads is really important with websites like you need to have your pixel on you need to have conversion api ideally set up and you need to have all your events set up and that is something that shopify and uh, wordpress do really really well there's a plugin uh, i think it's called pixel my site that's really good for wordpress and shopify have an incredible integration it's very very easy but yeah it's just all those things you need to think about when you're thinking about ads and your website so yeah i hope that was incredibly helpful we've covered loads of strategies today about how to use e how to use your website to really drive those conversions for your business obviously we know how easy it is to take in information and then kind of do nothing with it so at the end of the episode i always ask my guests what's the one thing you would do recommend doing today to help people get started so uh... A website shouldn't stand still. So I think a lot of people build their website, think, yep, done and dusted, website built, I can move on with doing other things. It needs to constantly evolve as your business does. So you need to make sure that, that the one thing you should do today is schedule some time to review your website and update it regularly as well. Schedule regular time to update it and check your stats as well. They'll tell you um, whether your website is performing or not. 
Fantastic. Lovely. Thank you so much for joining us today. So if you've enjoyed listening to Angela's tips and kind of want a little bit more advice and support, she has a fabulous freebie, five reasons why your website isn't performing and 13 fixes website designers don't normally tell you. You can also go onto her website um, and book a free discovery call with her. I'll put both of those links in the show notes for you. And one of Angela's passions, we were talking about this before, was is actually helping people who already have websites kind of decode the websites and really get them working for you. So I would really encourage you to kind of get in contact with her if you want to kind of work out why your website isn't working. So thank you so much, Angela, for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Sophie, for having me. I I love geeking out about uh, websites and optimising them. So thank you very much. A massive thank you for listening today and to the whole season. So this is the last episode in season one, episode 22. I've had such incredible feedback and I really appreciate it when you take the time to message me and mention it when I go on calls with you and leave reviews. Honestly, it absolutely makes my day. So I really hope that this first season of episodes have been useful. I will be back. I'm already booking in interviews with new experts and guests. I will be back towards the middle to the end of September. In the meantime, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening, I'll be sending out weekly emails over the summer with a quick top tip for you to come to implement really easily and quickly. And of course, you'll be the first to hear when the podcast is live again. Make sure you join my email list. I will link to that in the show notes below. And again, thank you so much and I will see you in season two.